the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show Always good to be with you from three to four, three to five each and every weekday. And, uh, it is Veterans Day weekend. So I hope that you are, uh, maybe you got the day off today. It's a different day for you. And maybe you've got some plans tomorrow. Whatever it is, I want you to say thank you to a veteran. And if you want to call the show today and say thank you to a veteran, the number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. It's also. Open Line Friday, we'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. So you can call and thank a veteran. We're asking people to do that today. But if you've got any other things that you want to bring up, today's the day. A question about the Bible. Maybe there is something in the news that you want to talk about, or you can just continue or change the conversation that we're having. We'll keep coming back to the Veterans Day calls as they come in. The number again is 888-528-2557. Let me go here to, I'll get to some news here in a second. So let me go to uh, Stephen in Santa Clarita. Stephen, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. I really like your show. I uh, get a lot of it, get a lot out of it. It's uh, you got some great topics you bring up. But uh, I uh, wanted to uh, thank my great uncle, Pete Morgosian, who went home to be with the Lord. Uh, he was 98. Uh, he was in, uh, in World War II, and he was a B-17 uh, navigator, actually, and was uh, shot down, uh, I think it was uh, right before the end war. I think it was like 1944, and uh, right before they went over the, uh, the English Channel. And he was a, a, a Luftwaffe prisoner of war, actually, for uh, – uh, that's towards the end. Of, well, I guess maybe the last six, eight months of the war. But, but he was, you know, they treated, they had, had the uh, German, uh, you know, the German military had a different attitude towards flyers. They weren't as, uh, you know, uh, abusive to them, or you know, they had this mutual respect for uh, aviation people. I think, uh, as far as the Germans went. And uh, but uh, he broke his leg. But he eventually became a. Uh, a he worked for the Moody Bible Institute as a photographer. He came to Lord. Uh, he was uh, in New York uh, where he was raised. He was uh, one of the uh, his parents came from Armenia, and I think that a lot of them were killed in the Holocaust over there, the Armenian. And uh, but he came to Lord in Arizona, and uh, he, I mean, he was born in 1928. Mm-hmm. I guess it was uh, sometimes in the 40s or something like that. And then he came to Lord, and he immediately. When he, he, I think a Moody Bible Institute represented was at some kind of church, some church in Arizona, and he decided he wanted to do that. So he's he was a photographer for them for a long time, and he uh, served in prison ministry. Just a great, you know, elder of the church. He just re- went on with the Lord. Had you know his, his cousins yeah. or my uh, great cousins. Just a, just a great one of the great generation. Really, literally, you know, when yep. you think of the great generation, you would think of somebody like him. You yeah, know, was that's being a- really. That's a great example. Thank you for calling in and sharing the story about your uncle there. And uh, like I said before, in the, before the break, only 120, 
Your great uncle. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank. He's a great uncle, but also your great uncle. <laughs> yes, right. sir. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks. All right, Stephen. Thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I want to talk about the uh, news for a while. We haven't talked about certain things for a while. You know uh, what's happening in our campuses is still going on, and it's not letting up. And today, Columbia University. Uh, actually did suspend some student groups who have been causing some violence and being very, very openly hostile towards other, particularly Jewish students on the campuses. Just now, the university has announced that they are suspending two student groups. One is called Students for Justice in Palestine and the other Jewish Voice for Peace, which is a Palestinian advocacy group. Now, this school is writing the group's, quote, repeatedly violated university policy relating to holding campus events, and that culminated in an unauthorized event on Thursday that proceeded despite warnings and included threatening rhetoric and intimidation. So this is uh, the first real example we've seen on the part of a major American university, an Ivy League school, that is pushing back against these groups. A major development. There, there could be a lot of reasons why we are seeing this this afternoon. A month later, one school is pushing back. This is the same school where uh, one of the professors was begging them to do something because there have been uh, there have actually been people at this school charged with hate crimes already for one kid for 19 years old, beating another student up with a stick. Um, there have been swastikas drawn all around the class, the uh, the campus, and uh, it has been pretty rough. And what's happening there are there are these demonstrations, but they're not following whatever guidelines you have to have for these things. And they are brutal. And you know, maybe a month later, it's because some of the donors to these schools and the alumni are saying, I'm no longer giving. You know, that'll always talk. So Columbia put out a statement today. It wasn't a very strong statement. It certainly wasn't, uh, you know, making a, a moral stand by any means. It was basically saying that the, the policies of the university are being violated and students are not safe. So it has banned these two groups, and uh, these groups that are uh, removed, they are notoriously uh, anti-Jew, anti-Israel groups. They're on a lot of campuses. It's well known that that is the case. Uh, It's shocking. It's not shocking if you're paying attention to the world, but it, it is shocking, I think, to a lot of people that these groups even exist and that this is happening. They were only banned for the fall term. So what is that? six more weeks, maybe uh, five more weeks before Christmas, whenever the fall term is going to end. Um, some of the things that are going on are pretty horrendous. And it's at many other schools. Listen to this. This is a uh, student universe, student speech. Uh, we say students, but they are adults. Okay. These are not kids. I've just found as I get older, I kind of look at a college student. And I go, Oh, kids. Now I'm now telling you, if you're 30, you're probably a kid. I hate it that I do that, but uh, you know, because you're not, you're an adult and these people are adults. And by the way, there's a lot of faculty. There are, there are 50 year old people who are a part of these things. Listen to this speech. And this is at McGill university. This is in Canada actually, but this is Canada's Harvard. Okay. That's what this school is. So the top of the education, just like here, our Ivy leagues are embroiled in all of this along with a lot of other schools, but it's not just here. It is in Western countries, including our neighbors to the North in Canada. Listen to this. Before coming here, I was at Concordia University. I was at the whole building that yesterday witnessed a very intense altercation. And I would like to thank every one of you who came out yesterday to show your support, whether you were there to purchase kufiyas for charity, or whether you were simply there to show 
our numbers to show that you are standing in solidarity with us. We terrified them. What she means is, is we terrified the Jews on that campus, Concordia campus, where there was this, uh, it was pretty violent. It was terrifying. It made a lot of news in Canada and other places. And what's being celebrated here is not some kind of representation to say, hey, we should be concerned about Palestinian kids who are being killed in this war or those kinds of things. It is we are coming together to terrify Jewish students on our campuses. Even today, and they were assured that friends, we will take up space, we will be loud, we will make them afraid, we will make them uncomfortable. We will get in their way until they understand and they realize that we will keep doing so and they will have to give up. Anything, we are getting stronger and they are getting weaker. See, this is not this is not help for Palestinians. This is terrorism right here. And we are seeing this in so many of our campuses. And some campuses are basically just now beginning to try to figure out how to respond, which shouldn't have been hard. First day, you would never allow this if it was the KKK. You would never allow this if it were some other group of people saying that they want to terrorize another group of people or, or locking them up in libraries and stuff. It is... It is something that is terribly sad that we have known for a long time. And, you know, this is exposing where we're really at. What's happening in the world today, particularly in the West, is we're figuring out who's who. We are figuring out what are the results of the uh, post-Christian teaching that has been going on now for a couple of decades. And it raises a question, what's the difference between supporting Palestinians and supporting Hamas? Hamas is an evil, evil terrorist organization. It's a distinction that has to be made. You know, we should be concerned. Our caller earlier was talking about the Christians who are in Gaza and uh, who are dealing with this. And there are Palestinian people. There's a lot of kids, a lot of people dying. It's a horrific thing. We've talked about Veterans Days and the things that so many veterans are going through. What is happening is horrific. But we cannot decide we're not going to make a distinction between those who support terrorism, Hamas, and the extinction of the Jews, which is what they say they're going to do, not what they are assumed to do. It's not some sort of uh, talking point from Israelis. That's what is in the Hamas charter. That's what they say they're about. In fact, a lot of these protests, what I find is more and more interesting is that you see the students protesting, saying all kinds of crazy stuff that has nothing to do with what actually is happening uh, listen to this about the hostages being uh, – whether or not the hostages can be released. Uh, protesters are being asked questions about Hamas. The amount of like tragedy that Palestine is facing and that is like because of the Israeli government um, and because of our tax dollars, uh, I think it's really scary and I don't like it. Do you think it's possible for Hamas to free the hostages who are in Gaza right now? They've tried. So Hamas has... Tr- They've tried. They haven't tried. That's crazy. He's just Hamas making that up. Hamas has tried to free it the really hostages. Has said, we do not want the hostages. You're calling the Hamas terrorists. Some would call them terrorists. You're calling them freedom fighters. Right. See, these people who are being interviewed here, they are not in support of Palestinian people or children who are being bombed or the violence to stop. They're for Hamas. 
And there is a lot of reason for that. It is because of what has been taught for a long time. See, we have to make that distinction in all of this. The terrible thing about war and violence and all of this is that you still have to make moral distinctions between one thing or another. There's still a good guy and a bad guy. You know, there is a reason that the Nazis were the bad guys in World War II. And it isn't just because they lost. If the Nazis have won, they would have presented themselves as the good guys. They still would have been the bad guys, right? And lots of atrocities and terrible things were done. And lots of children, you know, tens, hundreds of thousands of kids were killed in Germany and in uh, Axis nations and things. And it's horrible. And atrocities committed by all sides in a war. But still, uh, Hitler's the bad guy. And the Nazis were the bad guys. And it's not ambiguous, and that kind of distinction still has to be made. And that is some of, I think, some of the most disturbing things that we are seeing um, in these campuses. These are, these are young people at campuses that are the elite, right? These are the people who will be future Congress people and senators and governors and presidents, typically. They will be sitting on courts deciding what is just, and right now, what they're deciding is just is coming from philosophies that aren't very good. There is an article in the Wall Street Journal that is very powerful, and it says social justice is really injustice. This came out in the opinion page recently. This is the Pastor Scott Show, by the way. I'll get your calls in just a moment. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Listen to this. So Wall Street Journal writer says this, support for Hamas derives from the fashionable idea that power determines what is right and wrong. And this is kind of the social justice movement or the critical theory idea that Whoever has power, they're the oppressors. And then what happens is that you support whoever doesn't have the power, even to the point of all means necessary, all right, meaning that they can be terrorists, that the reason they're terrorists is because they're not uh, holding on to the power. The problem with that is, number one, that's crazy. Number two, when you have groups like Hamas, they're not complaining about the politics in the way that some of these students are talking about. They hate Jews. They hate the state of Israel. They write this down. They want Jews dead, and they want the state of Israel wiped off the earth. They don't want—that's what they want. They say that that's what they want, and they commit atrocities uh, to continue to do that, and many people believe to stop other peace processes. The Hamas charter itself says they are against peace. In fact, the Hamas spokespeople have come out and all this talk about ceasefire, and they say, we don't want a ceasefire. Did you know that? Because to them, the more death, the better it is for their cause. Everybody who is, I was watching a video today, it's in uh, uh, Aramaic, I'm guessing, another language. And it's a, a mother and grandmother talking about her 67 grandkids and her 14 kids and how she is willing to sacrifice all of them as martyrs for this cause. And when you read the Hamas charter, it actually states that the purpose for women in the jihad, which is all they're a part of, is to have babies so that the men can grow up and be martyrs and the girls can grow up and have more babies so they can have more martyrs. That's the purpose of women. And she's bought into this. That's what she thinks. And it's it's not something I'm making up. It's something that they wrote down right there in their charter. You can go read it. 
when is it that if you are supporting Palestinians, you're not really supporting them, you're supporting Hamas? That has to be done. So the Wall Street Journal wrote this. They said, when federal judges take the oath of office, they say, I will administer justice without res- – this is the oath, okay, for federal judges. I will administer justice without respect to persons and do equal right to the poor and to the rich. And they write, this, these words come from the Bible and reflect a key principle of justice in the American tradition shaped by our Judeo-Christian heritage. Justice isn't about power. Whether a party is right or wrong in a dispute doesn't depend on that person's identity and social station. For a long time, Americans have stood by that idea, considering it obvious. A powerful person could be regarded as a good guy or a bad guy, depending on how he amassed and used his power. A powerless person might be virtuous or evil, depending on how he dealt with his circumstances. No longer is it so obvious. For many Americans today, justice, often with the modifier social before it, is precisely about power. Rejecting the biblical ideal codified in the judicial oath, our academics, intelligentsia, and public figures have embraced the idea that power tells you all you need to know about who is right and who is wrong. This is clear, as some of our best and brightest side with the Hamas terrorists in their war against Israel. If you're wondering why so many kids are are siding with Hamas and so siding with the terrorists and why you have these groups putting the paragliders on their flyers and celebrating the massacre that happened, this is why. It's because the idea of justice has been perverted and it has been for a long time. The Wall Street Journal continues, to those who believe the Bib- in the biblical idea of justice, now remember, you don't have to believe in the biblical idea of justice. It doesn't make you a Christian. But the Judeo-Christian ethic is why uh, we have success in Western countries. It's because it works. Uh, there's flaws, you know, in the way people deal with it. But when you have justice and it's about the balancing of the scales and you're not looking at somebody's identity to determine right and wrong, you're looking at the facts, you have a better society. And if you're wondering why Western societies do better, this is why. And if you're wondering why we're not doing so well, it's because we're rejecting this. Wall Street Journal continues, to those who believe in the biblical idea of justice, defending Israel's right to destroy those who commit atrocities against innocents isn't simple, but involves a moral analysis that yields a clear conclusion. One must look at who acts virtuously and who acts viciously. Though no country is virtuous all the time, Israel seeks peace, which is true, and in a war doesn't specify specifically target civilians. Israel holds no kidnapped babies, nor does it steal billions of dollars of foreign aid to build tunnels where terrorists can hide while using women and children as human shields. Those things aren't uh, disputed. Some people will say that Israel's targeting civilians, and you can argue about that, and certainly there are. But when you have a group of people who are uh, using civilians as shields, who are putting their military apparatus and stations in hospitals and schools and in populated areas, civilians are going to get killed at a much higher level. Uh, and everybody knows that. Hamas admits to that. It's not a secret. The uh, Wall Street Journal continues to write this. Hamas is unfathomably evil by any traditional measure to Israelis and Gazans. Its barbarism is unjustifiable even if Palestinians have a legitimate grievance against Israel. But to those who believe power analysis is the key to justice, siding with Palestinians, even to the point of cheering Hamas's atrocities, is simple. Israel is powerful and Palestinians aren't. Therefore, whatever Palestinians, even terrorist groups that don't speak for all Palestinians do, is justified. Among those who believe in the trendy logic of the academy, justice is done with respect to persons doing equally right 
to rich and poor wrongly entrenches the power of the rich. And that's, the, that's part of the critical theory, is that the Judeo-Christian ethic, the idea that you would base things on the facts in these things, is wrong, that somehow it's just another way to keep power. And what we are seeing in the breakdown, if you're trying to figure out why we have uh, these students with this belief, this is what they are taught. And that's why these students, as we have heard, are targeting Jews and Israel. And their eyes are trained on the upending of fundamental principles of a free and fair society. And this is how our educational institutions have been doing it and training Americans. And not just here. We had the clips from Canada. We're seeing it in Europe. And what what ends up happening is you turn a blind eye to the moral perversity that is going on to those who are conducting or even celebrating terrorism. Uh, And it's filled with injustice. It's not justice. This is something that has to get rooted out here. This is a big deal. And we should be caring about innocent people who are in the middle of all of this, wherever they come from. But Hamas is the problem. They are the problem. If Hamas releases the hostages, if Hamas surrenders, this could all end very quickly. And if Israel stops and they don't eliminate Hamas, then what's going to happen is just going to happen again. And Hamas says so. Hamas says so. It's not a theory. It's what Hamas says. They said this week we'll do it again and again and again. All right, lots more to say about that. We'll get to some of that and your calls. The number is 888-528-2557. Plus, it's Veterans Day weekend. If you'd like to thank a veteran, uh, do that. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Friday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. It is Open Line Friday. You can call about anything you'd like. The number is 888-528-2557. And uh, if you'd like you thank a veteran as it's Veterans Day, Veterans Day weekend, we'd love to uh, hear your uh, call on that, 888-528-2557. You know, uh, before I get your calls here, it's November, which, by the way, means that Christmas is coming fast. This weekend, Christy and I are doing Christmas decorations. She's already had us take the stuff down from the garage, and we've been inspired because we went over to Aldic Home. You know where this place is? It. We went to their Van Nuys showroom, and it has one of the biggest, most impressive displays of Christmas decorations you'll ever be able to see. And it's inspired her and inspired me, and we're, we're decorating. We're getting it done before Thanksgiving. That way, when Thanksgiving happens, you see, we're already done. That's uh, that's the philosophy in our house, which uh, I'm, I'm happy with that one. Anyway, we went over to Aldic Home, and they've got 60 different fully decorated Christmas trees to inspire you. There's 70 more trees in their tree lot. Uh, on the side of the store there, and it's filled with fantastic ornaments, different lights. If you like the light thing, this is a great place to go for ideas and uh, for your lights. So I want to invite you to go over to Aldic Home and uh, check it out. You can go over there if you want to get some good, high-quality Christmas stuff. That's where you find it at Aldic Home. And you might just want to go over there to get inspired. It's a beautiful place, and uh, they'll be able to help you. If you hurry in right now, you can save 40% of the off of the best quality artificial Christmas trees in the country. If you're looking for a tree, that's the place to 
to go, and you can save now for 40%. There's really no place like Aldic Home for the holidays. It's aldichome.com, A-L-D-I-K, home.com, A-L-D-I-K, home.com. If you go over there, tell them that Scott Furrow sent you. That's A-L-D-I-K, home. Dot com. All right, uh, let's go to the calls here on Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557. Michael in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, um, uh, I just want to um, talk about this thing that's going on with Iran. Um, and in the Bible, it says that um, during, during the end, there's going to be a war that starts off at the Euphrates River, and actually, that's where the bombing between Iran and uh, the Americans are going on right, is going on right now. And um, I know that uh, Iran is, um, I guess, obliged, uh, along with Russia, to, I guess, protect each other. So once this starts going um, south, then I truly believe that this is the start of um, the war that the Bible says will kill one-third of mankind and I just want to, you know, tell everyone that's listening to make sure they have food and water and everything they need, because, you know, once the panic starts, then everyone's going to um, clear out all the stores and it, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Yeah, well, you know what? It's a good thing to be prepared uh, for disasters anyway for everybody, earthquakes and everything else. But And what you're talking about is, I don't know if this is it or not, but it's very biblically relevant. If you were listening earlier in the week, we had Pastor... Uh, Steve Wilburn on, and we talked about uh, Ezekiel uh, 37, 38, and 39, where you read about the end times events, and most scholars will tell you that uh, what you said is uh, correct, essentially, that the countries that are involved are going to be Iran and uh, Russia, that they would have a relationship. And, uh, you know, this could be that. It also could be just something letting us know how that's going to develop if this isn't uh, actually at the end. And it's an opportunity for people to recognize something, that the Bible is true, that the, the, I, the story in the Scriptures is true, that the prophecies that happened in there about Jesus came true, and the prophecies that remain about what's going to happen in Israel are true. And we're watching, I, we're watching an obvious unfolding of that, whether we're close to the end or just on the way there. I actually had a dream uh, a few months ago, and um, it was after I, I was praying uh, for for quite a while. And when I started to go to like fall asleep, I saw these two uh, bears, uh, you know, really fighting uh, each other as you know just viciously. And the bigger bear uh, killed the smaller one, and then it looked right at me and started charging at me um, with full speed. And uh, when I when I when I thought about it, I thought maybe that's you know Russia gonna uh, that's Russia is going to defeat Ukraine and then they're gonna attack America. It's all an interesting thing, and people do need to be uh, prepared. Michael, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. You know, it, Christians have thought it was the end times for two thousand years, right? And people have made claims and and things like that. And we have to be very careful about connecting the dots where not everything is put together. We just have to be that. But at the same time, we have to also believe that eventually it's going to happen. And, you know, what are the places, if it's going to happen in our lifetime, what countries are going to be involved? How would the scriptures play out if we put it on a map? And uh, it's not hard to see this kind of thing um, as showing us what the scriptures are talking about. 
and we should always, always be prepared. And we shouldn't be afraid. Jesus tells us, don't be afraid. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars, and these things are going to happen, and the Lord's got a plan. So this isn't about being afraid, but it is, it's just about having a realistic outlook to what is actually happening in the world, that the most important thing that we should be about as Christians, if you're listening, this is the Pastor Scott Show, so we put issues of the day in a Christian perspective, is letting people know about the gospel of Christ because Christ died for your sins. Everybody's going to die one way or the other. Like, you're going to go meet Jesus. Either he's coming back soon uh, during your lifetime or you're going to go meet him when your lifetime is over, right? So for all of us, you know, within 100 years, however old you are, you're going to meet Jesus one way or the other. And uh, we should be prepared for that. And I think when we see historical events like this and you know your scriptures that God has has telegraphed to us, hey, this is what to look out for. And lo, there it is. All right, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Dan in uh, Rancho, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Scott. Uh, th- thanks for taking my call. Hey, you're welcome, um, Dan. Um, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, I'm glad that Christians are praying for Israel, and uh, that is not in doubt. But I certainly hope Christians are praying for Palestinians as well, not Hamas. I hope Hamas fails. I hope we defeat Hamas. But Hamas isn't the same as most of the Palestinians there. And I'm seeing a lot of Palestinian families being bombed. I'm seeing kids and bloody pictures and babies killed. And I think it's like a ratio of 1,400 Israelis dead and about 11,000 Palestinians. And I hope I hope Christians are, are praying for Palestinians, too. And I hope we're not supporting, um, you know, withholding water, food and medicine, which was done the first few weeks of this war. Some is trickling in, but I hope Christians are never supporting, you know, the lack of, of, of withholding water, food and medicine. And um, I just feel like there's just not much sympathy for the families and the innocence of Palestine. We've got Palestinian Christians, you know, there's Palestinian yeah. Christian churches. And we had, uh, I wish we could have a... We had a caller who's Palestinian Christian uh, earlier in the hour, and uh, we actually oh, okay. we actually spent some time praying over that. He talked about uh, he grew up over there actually in Nazareth, and he has family in uh, in Gaza. And he talked about some churches and what's happening there for Christians. And uh, you're right, we need to be praying for them. We need to pray for an end to this. We need to pray that Hamas uh, uh, surrenders. They're not going to because you know, probably, but the Lord can do stuff, right? So we shouldn't not pray just because I don't. I don't believe they're going to surrender, but the Lord can cause that. And the sooner that happens, the better for everything. And then pray for actual humanitarian work to be done that Hamas doesn't just steal. Right. Uh, I see blanket um, bombings of the cities. I see bombing of the refugee camps, you know, where the people are already down and out. And I, I just see a lot of like carpet bombing of, you know, not really any respect for life. I know they say they're going after Hamas, but I think they're killing a thousand Palestinians for every Hamas leader they leave. And when you bomb communities like that, I don't think Christians can get behind that. They have to be more careful. And that because I'm seeing a lot of dead families, a lot of dead crying moms and dads and yeah. a lot of dead babies. You and know, I think it's awful. Yeah, Dan, all of it is awful for sure. And, uh, you know, we have to be in one sense, against, you know, death and mayhem and war. All of it is bad. Um, But we also know that part of the evil of Hamas is that they put their military headquarters in these places, in these civilian areas. They they acknowledge that. It's not a, you know, a one side says this, but Hamas denies it. No, they they acknowledge it. 
And that's part of the problem is, and Israel will give these people, here's what's happening, is they give notice, hey, we're going to blow up your building, you need to get out. And uh, Hamas, when they are present, they make people stay. And it is a gross, uh, horrific thing. But when you are dealing with it from a religious standpoint where you think everybody's martyrs and that the purpose of everybody's life is to fulfill your ultimate goal of destroying Israel and bringing back the third imam or whatever the theology is with uh, you know, Islam, uh, it's a very gross thing. So we need to, to pray, uh, like you said, and uh, uh, and also that we're correct about the propaganda and other stuff um, as best as we can be. Uh, but I appreciate that. We need to make sure that we're praying for everybody and the souls of everybody. Every person has to go meet Jesus. That's what we think. Uh, and we want them to know the Lord. Thanks, uh, Dan, for thinking of that. 888-528-2557. William in Fullerton, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi, William. Uh, Glad to hear your voice again. Thank you. We've got about a minute. Uh, Go ahead. Okay, two things quickly. Uh, Happy birthday to the United States Marine Corps. Ah, that's correct. 48 years old. That is today. Uh, And it is today. And um, and uh, thank God for all my friends and relatives that have served, and both living and no longer with us. And secondly, all of the world's problems, I would say a good 95% of them, can be pointed back to follow where the money is going, including in this country. Uh, we have We have traitors... Uh, in elected offices that should not be there. They should be removed. Well, we and, need to pray uh, that uh, wherever that's yeah. happening, that it is exposed in such a way that it's very, very clear. Uh, that's my prayer for a yeah. lot of anything that's corruption, right? Sometimes uh, it's it's clear, but not clear. I appreciate your call, William. I got to go to a break. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. It's Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557 is the number. You can follow me on social media at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back for your calls. Melody, I see your call. We'll be right back on the Pastor Scott Show. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. It's Open Line Friday, our final segment of the day, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. It's Veterans Day weekend. And tomorrow is Veterans Day. Today is Veterans Day, observed. So many of you have the day off today. You know, it's Veterans, it's not apostrophe S, it's S. It's Veterans Day, right? So that's, uh, I don't don't know, I just learned that a few years ago. But there's no apostrophe. So if you're writing it down on your social media or something, just it's just Veterans, plural, day, not Veterans, you know, apostrophe S. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. If you want to thank a uh, veteran in your life on the radio, now's a good time, 888-528-2557. Uh, let's go to Melody in LA. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show, Open Line Friday. Melody, still with us? All right, I'm going to put Melody on hold and uh, maybe we'll come back uh, there. 
you know, thanking a veteran, it's a great thing to do. Just say thank you. When you see somebody who has served because they've got a uh, outfit on or there's something that uh, you notice about them that they have served, I encourage you to do that, to take that time to say thank you. Gratitude, you often say gratitude is something that is a debt that is owed, right? I owe a debt of gratitude, people will say, uh, you know, a lot of the time. Well, um, you want to finish that debt. The way you pay off your debt of gratitude is to say thank you. That's the gratitude. That is something that is so crucial and it's such a simple thing to do. So anybody that you know who has served Veterans Day, you know, you might have some people that uh, who have served who have passed away. That's what Memorial Day really is for. Veterans Day is for people who are still with us. And uh, so I think that uh, now's a good time to say thank you as it's Veterans Day weekend. Send an email, put it on your socials, do something like that. All right, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. David in Redondo Beach, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. How are you? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm great. I'm really doing good, really getting on fire for the Lord. And just, you know, he's moving my heart. Yeah. Really really, really hard. Well, I'm glad, David. So what's going on? But I've I've got a question for you about prosperity ministry. Okay. You know, I'm really at a crossroad about this because, you know, my sister follows it and I just, and then I hear things and I, you know, I I don't know what to think. I mean, I'm, I'm praying about, you know, praying to the Lord to give me an understanding about this. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I'm not trying to discourage her from following Jesus because she's really on fire for the Lord, which is a great thing. But, what, I mean, what is, your, what is your opinion about that? You're talking about what's often called the prosperity gospel, right? The idea that, that if you do things a certain way, if you have enough faith, if you give enough money, it will be returned to you, you get rich. Right? Is that what you're referring yeah. to? The idea? Yes. Yeah. Uh, my view is that it's not biblical at all. There's no promise in the scriptures um, that by having a certain amount of faith that somehow God is going to reward you with financial gain. Um, but do, you, but do does, does, does she need to get away from it? My view is she oh, should, if that's what's being taught, you know, now I would be careful I mean, about, you know, the, the Lord promises, I mean, I go ahead. I don't want to start mentioning names, but when I saw her at a revival meeting and they had this certain preacher who they've talked about a lot, I just kind of, you know. Is this I mean, preacher? Jesse, I mean, I mean, it was Jesse yeah. DePlantis. I mean, that's that. when I saw him, I thought, well, you know, and I see him with Kenneth Copeland and stuff, and I'm like, well, you know. What do I mean? What should I tell her? Yeah. How do I help her with this? You know, the Bible. I don't. I don't believe those pe- preachers are speaking the truth at all. Thank you. And those Thank those you. preachers are are robbing are robbing people. And there is a lot of false teaching, and then there's a lot of false miracles, and those preachers tend to be oh, oh, incredibly wealthy themselves, right? Where oh, are they yeah. Where are they yeah, getting that the money? You know, I mean, when I sit there, when I sit there and listen to them about bragging, and oh, so so gave me a plane. I prayed about this and this. this I was like, yeah, you know, that's earthly things. That's worldly stuff, and that's you know, it's something where you know, God, you know, it's it's possible that God would say, and and I think God has done this before to give certain ministers 
um, those kinds of means in order to effectively do the gospel for real, that can happen. But they didn't get it because of some magic code where they prayed a certain way or they had a certain amount of faith. And uh, that's uh, not that's not what happens. The Lord's going to do what he wants to do. You have people who are followers of Jesus who end up being very wealthy and some who are very poor. And, you know, the the thing in this life is you don't take it with you. And, you know, yeah, Jesus, and Jesus says I mean, Jesus was poor. Yeah. And Jesus he, says uh, it's harder rich, for the rich so, man to uh, enter the kingdom of God. Right. Why do you want that? It's a harder for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is a rich man to make it to heaven. That's I'm like, right. You know, and you got you know, one of my one of my favorite verses is Proverbs nineteen seventeen. When it comes to giving, and I think you should give and be generous, and I think that the Lord, uh, the Lord keeps His word about that. But here's what the Lord says: Proverbs nineteen seventeen. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and He will repay him for his deed. It does not say Amen. He will get him a Ferrari. Well, is it, it spiritual? It's spiritual gifts that you'll get. Well, not I, worldly I, gifts. Am I, I right? Well, I think that what this is saying, it says repay, so it doesn't say make you rich. It says it's permission to be generous. We are called to be generous, and we and what I have found in 25 years of church ministry and in my own experience, that when I'm generous, I don't miss it. That for some reason, yeah, when, I give exactly. to, when I give to the Lord's work or I give to the poor, I get my, my bank statement, and I don't look at it and go, I wish I hadn't done that. You know, I, I don't look at sure. it and go, I wasn't able to pay my water bill because I did that. Somehow uh-huh. the Lord takes care of it. In fact, I know I know some people who they keep getting lots of money from different sources. I actually know a guy who two people who are not family gave him mm-hmm. gave him their house. We're talking about Southern California. So over a million dollars in each case, cash, right? Sure. Now the thing is is he gave almost all of it away. And my my view is the reason he keeps getting this kind of money is because he doesn't keep it. He gives it away, right? Amen. And you know, why would God bless him with that? Well, maybe it's because he's going to bless other people with it. You know, mm-hmm. And it's not saying that if you've been blessed with millions of dollars and stuff, but you do have to ask yourself, how am I leveraging this for the benefit of the kingdom of God? How am I taking care of, how am I being generous with it? Um, but I, to get back to your question, I want to see if I can get, grab another call here. Uh, the prosperity okay. gospel, I think, is a false gospel, and okay. people should be highly questionable of it. And there are a lot of great ministries out there who would do a lot with your giving, and I think you would be blessed because of the good work that comes with it. And it's not about sure. you. It's never about giving or doing something good for the Lord so that I benefit. Now, you know, I, you do benefit when you do good. You do benefit when you're generous. You know, all that happens, but the purpose of your giving is not for your own benefit. And if it, yeah, you know, exactly. And what ends up happening exactly. is some guy gets rich while a bunch of uh, people lose their retirement. Yeah. And it's not a good thing. So, uh, you know, pray for, you said it was your sister? Uh-huh. Yeah, pray for her. And my and, brother-in-law. Yeah. Uh, pray for them and that they would uh, seek um, a more biblical ministry. All right. Yeah, because I've told them, I said, I never said, I never hear Raul Reese or or uh, David Jeremiah or, or uh, Charles Stanley or Pastor Scott speak like that. I never hear any of you guys speak no, like that. No, because it's not in the Bible. Just, you know, those guys, yeah. you know, for a lot of those ministries, their their programs, you know, they ask you to donate, and there's a lot of money that goes sure. through those, but that money goes into the ministry, right? It's 
it's something that, you know, uh, and if you hear somebody say, it was Oral Roberts or somebody years ago who said, uh, I'm going to pray for 60 days and the Lord's going to take me home if you don't get me this new aircraft. (laughs) You're right. And the the thing is, he got his aircraft, right? And I'm thinking, well, don't you want to go home? I'd rather go to heaven than uh, have my own 737. Like, what's the point? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, All I have to do is seek the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. So just stay with the scriptures, like with anything, with any preacher, with any teaching, run everything through the Bible and not just a Bible verse, because a verse can be taken out of context, really go through it. Okay. And that would be where I would encourage, don't just say they're wrong, say, go to the scriptures, uh, look this up. I think you'll find uh, there's a lot of stuff out there that shows that it's wrong. In fact, uh, you know, inflation and a bad economy is like the worst thing for the prosperity gospel. Because people hurt, yeah. and they went, how, "Why did I lose sure. my house?" Well, it's because of math. <laughs> it's because you probably shouldn't have afforded that in the first place. That's why. Yeah. Right. Well, I appreciate you talking to me about this, and God bless you. I love <clears throat> listening to your program. It's it's awesome. Thank you, David. Thanks for listening listen, to the I Pastor Scott Show. KKLA every day. Thank you very much for being a part of it today. Hey, everybody! It is uh, the uh, the weekend. Uh, hey, uh, Luis. In L.A., you're hey, hey, how are you doing? Good. It's Marine Corps' birthday, you're saying. We're almost out of time, but uh, I wanted to acknowledge that. How many years old is the Marine Corps? Uh, the Marine Corps, you know what? I've been out for about uh, six years, man. I, I had to look it up on us. I think it's 249 or 248. Let me see. Uh, Two, it's uh, oh, 248. Way, you know what? That's, yeah, yeah, it's 248. Okay, yeah, yeah it's now 248. But anyway, yeah, you know, just uh, I just want to, you know, thank uh, all the Marines, especially the ones I served with, and most importantly, the drill instructors who made me, you know, who helped me become a Marine. Yeah, that's a great that's a great one right there. The drill instructors are uh, rough, uh, but they make you a Marine, don't they, Luis? I'm almost out of time. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for your service uh, this Veterans Day weekend, and everybody listening, Melody. I won't get to your call, but we'll be back on Monday. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can get the podcast of our show by going to wherever you get your podcasts and looking up the Pastor Scott Show. Click subscribe, share it with a friend. Also, you can follow me on social media. Just look for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Pastor Scott Show, and do that. Everybody, I hope you have a great Veterans Day weekend. Thank a veteran and all the veterans out there. We do thank you very much. All right, Pastor Scott Show. We'll see you on Monday from three to five. Have a good night. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.